There are so many things that divide us right now. What do you do when you can't agree with someone you love? I mean, I know you probably don't want to get into the coronavirus vaccine, but I don't trust the mainstream narrative. I'm Erica Anderson. I'm a journalist. That's my mom, Kini Christie. She lives with her husband on Molokai, a small Hawaiian island. I live in Brooklyn with my boyfriend, Enrique, and my dog, Alma. Hi, Alma. My mom loves this dog. On video calls, she coos at Alma like she would a grandchild. Come here. Come. Come here. Come see. There's Alma's nose. There's Alma. We often talk on the phone when I'm walking Alma. By the way, I have a bit of a potty mouth, and there are a few swear words in this episode. One freezing cold night in January 2021, I took Alma outside and dialed my mom. I could tell instantly that something was wrong. I didn't record that call with my mom. This is tape of me telling a coworker about it. Usually when I call her, she picks up the phone like, hi, honey, hi. Like, she's so excited to hear from me. And this was, like, she answered the phone and she just goes, hi. Like so much of the world, we'd both been isolated for months because of the COVID pandemic. But she'd stayed pretty cheerful. Now when I asked her, what's wrong? She's like, I'm just so worried about the state of the world. And I was like, I know, mom, you know, this COVID is just insane and we're still in lockdown. And she was like... And this vaccine, like people are just going to take this vaccine and not even question it and the damage we're going to do. And I I couldn't, I couldn't even take it in exactly what she was saying because I was so shocked. At that time, the COVID vaccine was still really new. Most people I knew in New York were desperate to get it. After living through months of constant sirens and overflowing morgues, I certainly wanted to be vaccinated and I wanted my mom to be too. As I scooped steaming dog poop from the crusty snow in Brooklyn, I tried to reassure my mom in Hawaii. I said something like, I understand you're worried, mom, but like so many, like people are dying. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. And at that point she said, well, I don't know if I believe those numbers. And my head exploded. I'm like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I found myself going from civil to screaming into the phone at her. And I just, like, I was crying, I was sobbing, and so then I was just, like, yelling through my tears. I'm just like, you have no idea. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what people have lived through. Like, actual people are actually dying by the thousands every day, and you're worried about the potentials of a risk of a vaccine that you actually don't know anything about. And then I just got really quiet. And then I just said, I got to say, Mom, I'm really disappointed. And she was like, well, I am really disappointed, too. Who hasn't been there? So mad at someone you love over one of those issues that drive us apart. Sometimes it's guns, abortion, or climate change. In this story, it's quarantines, masks, and vaccines. What's safe and what's real? This is a story about me and my mom having one of those conversations so many of us would rather avoid. Welcome to The Wedge, 
a podcast from Spaceship Media, presented by Colorado Public Radio. Episode 1, Grab Your Vitamin C. I work at Spaceship Media. Our motto is journalism to bridge divides. That means we help people talk about divisive issues by listening, asking lots of questions, and digging deep into facts and beliefs. That's my job, and I love it. And I'm really close with my mom. I love her. But when it comes to COVID, we might just be as divided as everyone else. I mean, people die from the flu every year. We don't lock down the world for the flu. No, no, because it's not it's not apples to apples. COVID is way more infectious, so it may kill people at a similar rate. But if it's infecting more people, then more people are dying. I am so frustrated. At work, we know that many people are running into similar splits in their families, and we're looking for ways to help. We think, what about starting with me and my mom? I call her and tell her, I have an idea. So what is this idea? What's your idea? I love it. Creative ideas. So I've just, you know, of course, been thinking about Oh, man, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Just that big... Me too. <laughs> that big argument that we had, I don't know, like a month ago. And I just really don't like the way that I spoke to you or the way that it ended. And I feel like we've just had like a silent agreement to like not really talk about it, you know? Right, and, yeah. And I don't want to get into like a debate with you about the issues but I would like to have a better understanding of like what you believe and why like if we could record you and I having a conversation and or like probably several conversations (laughs) where you're where I get to just ask you questions about your life and your passions and your belief and I'm not really sure what I want to make with it yet but I know that like lots of people are struggling with like being able to like exist with people that they love when they have different views and like I desperately want a relationship with you where there isn't like stuff between us you know even if we have different ideas and like yeah and so me and my mom start recording our conversations about COVID We do this throughout 2021. We consult experts, we go to therapy, we share a lot, but we keep a lot of secrets too. And now we've decided to share it with you. It doesn't turn out like I thought it would. But before we dive deep, there are a few things I want you to know. The first is where I think my mom is coming from. I shouldn't have been so surprised when my mom told me the dangers she saw in the COVID vaccine. She's skeptical of vaccines generally, and I know this. She prioritizes holistic health, and she has for a long time. Like as a young hippie parent on a farm in Colorado, she didn't just blend her own baby food, she grew her own wheat to bake her own bread. She comes from the left if we're talking politics, more Bernie than Biden. She left the farm by the time I was born. I grew up in Boulder, 
where what the rest of the country might call alternative medicine has long been mainstream. My mom fit right in. She trained in holistic health practices like Reiki energy treatments, and people swore her voice had the power to heal. Bursting from within, and all the strain you're My mom calls herself a witchy healer, and she's not wrong. When my older brothers were babies, my mom did not get them vaccinated. I have a different dad, and he insisted I at least get some of the shots. As an adult, I followed the path my mom laid out. I never got a flu shot. I only caught up on one vaccine booster that was required at my grad school. I tend towards naturopaths and acupuncturists but I go to mainstream doctors when I need to. I've never had an issue with either people who did the typical vaccinations, like for mumps and measles, or people who rejected them. And I've always admired my mom's trust in her gut to take care of our family. But COVID is different. This disease shut down the whole world. When the vaccines first came out, I believed this was our chance to kill off the virus instead of the other way around. My mom believed the opposite. She was flat-out opposed to getting a COVID vaccine. Worse, she was panicked that I might get the shot. Yeah, I am really afraid of the vaccine, and I'm afraid of my kids getting it. And, and I, I just, I am. Yeah. You know, God, God help us, you know, God help us all. Another thing I want you to know is that my mom and I experienced COVID very differently with her in Hawaii and me in New York. As the Chinese government scrambles to contain the virus, the U.S. Embassy in Beijing confirms the first American death. The mystery I watch nervously as reports come from China. Of Wuhan. Dozens have been infected, but experts here believe the actual figure is closer to 1,700 cases. The ICU is full. Nobody expected this. I panic when I see hospitals in Milan overflowing. Every bed is full. Patients are just a few feet from one another. Here they're calling it the apocalypse. Their entire heads are in what look like plastic balloons. It terrifies me. And then COVID hits New York City. In New York City, the sounds of sirens are haunting, piercing the abnormal silence of a once bustling city. Today, the governor said the state could run out of ventilators soon. New York doesn't shut down fast enough for me. I feel like I have no defenses except homemade hand sanitizer and my stalks of rice and beans. We knew so little then compared to what we know now, about the symptoms, about how COVID spreads, or about how best to treat it. All I really knew then was that the death rate kept climbing and that there was no cure. Sirens screamed past my apartment as hospitals filled up doctors and nurses started to talk publicly about the horrors they saw. You walk in, and it's, it's hard for me to say, but you can actually smell fear. You smell death. I wanted out. My cousin Sarah, who lives across the hall from me with her husband and son, managed to borrow a beach house on Long Island. We were like, ooh, it's like we're in a fancy hotel. 
but I was so tense I hadn't recognized my own symptoms. You said, I don't want another glass of wine. I'm actually not feeling very well. And it was like the music stopped. I had been coughing and sneezing the whole car ride from Brooklyn to the beach house. And I took your temperature and it was elevated. And I thought, no, 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 no. And then we closed the door. We couldn't. It was like, get out of the room. Everybody get out of the room. I had brought COVID with us. I was a threat to the people I love. So I closed the door and stayed there, alone, fighting the virus for the next two weeks. I could hear Sarah and my family through the walls. We would bring you dishes, we'd bring you food, and we would need to wear gloves to retrieve it. We had read all over the place that the, the fumes from your laundry couldn't come up, that you couldn't, we couldn't touch anything that you touched. And it was just so extreme and so crazy and so enigmatic and so upsetting. And then we were waiting for us all to get sick. I sweat through my sheets, tried not to cough, and wondered how sick was sick enough to go to the hospital. I was alone in that room so long, I started to feel like I'd never get to come out, like I'd be contagious forever. I wished my mom could have come. I imagined she would have stayed by my side. I wanted her to sing to me. It'll be alright. It'll be alright. She wanted to be with me too. I felt so bad that I couldn't come be with you for that. I I hate that. It's like, what's a mom for, you know? Most of my family was scared. They wanted updates on my fever and how I was feeling. But my older brother, Jimmy, said I could cure any virus with a high dose of oxygen and vitamin C. And he dismissed the idea that I even had COVID. He thought the whole thing was getting blown out of proportion. My fever hit 103 and then finally broke. I spent one more week closed up in my room, then opened the door to a whole different world. People were wearing masks. Body bags were piling up. My cousin Sarah can't forget the feeling. Every day it was worse and worse and worse in the world. I felt true gratitude to be alive. But I couldn't escape COVID. My journalism work changed to cover the pandemic. With the news outlet The City, I moderated a Zoom conversation with New Yorkers who'd lost loved ones to COVID. Marianne McKenzie remembered her son, Luke James Workoff. So, I'm talking about my son, Luke. The last time I saw Luke was Thursday, March 26th. He died the following week, Saturday, April 4th. Luke was just 33 years old. Anna Christina Minerly spoke about her sister. Her name was Mary Margaret, but I called her my pumpkin. She loved without limits and fought hard her whole life. I held her as she took her final breath. I held her for a long time afterward. I was so grateful to get to say goodbye in person. I was so disgusted that I had to be grateful for something so awful. And I felt so guilty that I had that opportunity, which was denied to so many. My mom joined the Zoom memorial. 
She heard these stories. I could see tears on her cheeks in the tiny video window. I assumed my mom and I both understood the same thing. This disease is serious, it's contagious and deadly, and it needs a serious response. After all, she could have lost me. COVID hit New York much harder than Hawaii. Still, the islands, including where my mom lives on Molokai, seem to take the pandemic seriously from the start. We're telling the airline industry we do not want any more tourists coming to Molokai because tourism at this time is a threat to the health of our island. In March 2020, my mom's weekly singing circle was canceled. Later, the island's main food store closed because workers got sick. The National Guard came in to enforce curfews and quarantines. My mom said the island felt on edge. I think we're doing really good that we haven't lost our minds at this point. I mean, what fear does to people is not good. The first time I noticed her get suspicious about COVID was around fear and isolation. Far away from Hawaii, in Pennsylvania, an elderly man died. He lived in a nursing home across the hall from my mom's mother-in-law, Mary Ann. Residents had been forced to be alone in their rooms, but my mother soon learned that other people in Mary Ann's nursing home had also gotten sick with COVID. But our family was never notified about any COVID infections. My mom believed the nursing home deliberately withheld information. She was furious that Marianne was forced to be alone for her safety. And yet COVID still killed the man right across the hall. Marianne died a few months later. And my mom believes that she died of loneliness. This is when I started hearing her talk about government restrictions being worse than the disease. I hate to see what it's doing to people and children and stuck in their houses on Zoom. And my heart breaks for these children that are have an abusive home or a violent home or drug addicts and they have to stay home and they got nobody, whereas they used to go to school and that was at least someplace that was safe for them. You know, those are the kinds of things that haunt me with this. I didn't disagree. The isolation was awful. My situation wasn't dire, but quarantining took its toll. Back in Brooklyn, working on Zoom, I was pretty much only leaving our apartment to walk the dog. We were all miserable. But my mom just kept getting more suspicious. I heard her start to question what was really going on. I do think there is a chance, and this is the conspiracy theory, but there's a chance that there, there's an opportunistic, see how much we can get away with controlling people, how much we can get them to do. She wasn't just questioning the vaccine. She was questioning the whole pandemic. It's terrible to get it, but it's not a deadly thing like they said. And to me, that's what a pandemic is, is that it's like super deadly to the whole population. By the middle of that first COVID summer in 2020, documented cases had killed 100,000 people in the U.S. and at least a half a million people globally. But my mom didn't believe the numbers, and she didn't believe she'd get sick. So I've told you a little bit about my mom's background in Colorado and how our COVID experiences were very different. One more thing. Maybe the most important thing to understand right now is who my mom trusts about COVID and why. 
In August 2020, there were no vaccines available, but my mom was already worried about them. She posted a quote on social media from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He claimed the vaccine would change DNA, turning 7 billion people into GMOs. My mom tagged it with her take, not on board for this vaccine. Have you ever listened to Robert Kennedy talk? I mean, I just think he's brilliant. I mean, really. Kennedy has been a well-known vaccine skeptic for years. My mom's a big fan. But on COVID, she also pays attention to someone we both know personally from when I was growing up in Colorado. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are out there in the world, it is that time to step out onto the high wire. Well, His name is Del Bigtree. His internet show is called The High Wire. And then the pharmaceutical industry got involved and said, you know what? We can probably do the same thing that nature does and get paid while doing it. And so for 200... Dell turns his bright blue eyes straight into the camera when he talks. He usually wears a vest over a dress shirt with the collar open, a couple buttons, and his sleeves rolled up just a little bit. He uses his show as a platform against the COVID vaccine. Let me be perfectly clear. This is not even a flu. It's a common cold for 99.74% of us. Dell tells his viewers that COVID is hard to catch and easy to protect against without masks or quarantine. He encourages people to follow his lead. Let's go outside. Let's take off our masks. Let's give it a college try to catch this cold. Grab your vitamin C, your vitamin D, your magnesium, your zinc. Let's do this. I'll see you next week. Dell's been anti-vax for a long time. His big claim to fame is making a movie called Vaxed. It's about childhood vaccines and an alleged CDC cover-up. Omission of crucial data, destruction of documents, misleading the Congress, grievous harm to innocent children. The facts the film claims have been discredited by repeated research. My mom pays attention to Dell because she's known him for years. They both sang in the choir at the church I went to as a child. Just take a deep breath and recognize that this next hour is a gift from God. I'd call it a non-denominational Christian alternative. The church is called Unity of Boulder. Spirit, energy, whatever vehicle makes you feel divinely connected by this Powerful love. That's Dell's sister preaching. Dell is the pastor's son. As 2020 drew to a close, COVID vaccines were just starting to be available to healthcare workers. By early 2021, Dell's dad was telling his congregation the same thing Dell had been telling his viewers for the past year that COVID was fake. Jack preached that the vaccine's creation challenged God's authority. He warned his followers to be wary of the shot. Why didn't the Bible say that God had given such authority to the CDC or to the World Health Organization or to trained doctors? Why didn't it say that? And yet, what's going on in the world today? We thought ourselves into being sick. When I was growing up, Unity offered what felt 
to me like peace, connection, love, and self-actualization. Listening to Dell's dad talk about COVID, I heard suspicion, anger, and cynicism. So we create a little more fear, and then we sell them the vaccines. Yeah, that's great. That's great. We're going to have more money. Good. We have more power. Right. We'll have more prestige. Right. We'll be bigger authority figures. Incredible. How many strains do we need? How many strains do we need to make the entire population afraid? Dell has a bigger audience than his father. In January 2021, Dell gives a speech in Washington, D.C. He stands on a stage draped with large Trump flags and tells anyone who will listen to not take the vaccine. With no evidence, he warns it might hurt fertility. I'm watching a news media promote a pharmaceutical product, a technology so unlike any vaccine that has ever been made, eight weeks into a safety trial that should be going for 20 years to determine that it doesn't not just affect the fertility of the women that are getting it, but for the fertility of their daughters and their daughters after that. This is normal stuff for Dell, but this is not a normal day. It's January 6th, still the morning, before a mob will break into the Capitol to try to stop Congress from certifying the presidential vote. And in the middle of his familiar anti-vaccine message, he somehow shifts to election fraud. I wish I could tell you that Tony Fauci cares about your safety. I wish I could tell you that this pandemic really is dangerous. I wish I could believe that voting machines worked and that people cared and that pollsters were allowed to oversee votes in a free country. But none of this is happening. I guess one more thing you need to know right now is that one of my brothers is right there with Dell. It's Jimmy, my older brother, the one who told me to take vitamin C when I had COVID. I already know he works for Dell. He has for years. But I don't find out that he went to the Stop the Steal rally in D.C. on January 6th until the FBI calls my family. Jimmy has proof that he didn't break into the Capitol, but the moment I learn that he was even close by, my whole body freezes. I'm relieved there's a COVID vaccine, but I understand where Jimmy's coming from. We grew up together following my mom's lead. In our family, staying healthy didn't mean vaccines. But the fact that Jimmy was at this rally signals something different. People who I thought were all about holistic health are now part of a movement pushing violence to overturn an election. I am furious at my brother for being there. I'm furious at Dell for putting Jimmy in that position. And I'm furious at my mom for making excuses for both of them. She says organizers misled my brother and his boss about the purpose of the rally. But I can't pretend their beliefs are just harmless alternative views anymore. I feel awful. So much is at stake. I have to try to talk with my mom. So what is this idea? What's your idea? I love it. Creative ideas. So I've just, you know, of course, been thinking about, oh man, I'm going to cry. But then the stakes get even higher. I got up at 4.30 to go to the gym. This is my boyfriend, Enrique. I guess while I was at the gym, you went to the bathroom and peed on a stick, and then the stick said it was positive. You left a pee stick on my computer desk. 
I just realized I never disinfected that area. <laughs> so, despite pee particles all over my desk. But yes, and then it said you were pregnant. How did you feel? I felt excited, just like last time, and worried at the same time because what happened before. I am pregnant. This is my third time. I've miscarried twice. My mom helped me through both. She has been praying for a grandchild for years. But if she won't get vaccinated, should I let her see her only grandchild? Will I let her be at the birth, something we both have always wanted? What if she gets sick? What if she gives the baby COVID? I don't know the answers. And I realize there are a lot of things I still don't know about my mom. I want to understand what's happened in her life that makes her so adamant about COVID. I went outside and a crop dusting plane sprayed the field and me. Our chickens all died and my heartbeat immediately started racing. Like I went in the house and my heartbeat was at like 180 beats. Next time on The Wedge, my mom's story. The Wedge was conceived, created, and produced by Spaceship Media. It's distributed by Colorado Public Radio's Audio Innovation Studio.